God's given us too many words, too many things, too many pictures, too many understandings, too much encouragement to not say no. You know what I mean? God is faithful to what he's promised. He will fulfill that. Amen? He will fulfill that. And so we stand firm. We don't walk around like a... Um, hmm. <laughs> what am I going to use for an example? Uh, like a cow stuck in the mud. We don't do that. <laughs> you know, we're not stuck in the mud. We're moving forward whether you can see it or not. We are gaining ground whether you can see it or not. Amen? Amen. This was before... Um, and I didn't share with the church, but this was before the Asbury revival or the Asbury broke out. I'm not sure where it's at right now or what's happening, but but um, the Lord had given me in prayer, I think it was a Wednesday night, um, that he was turning the tide. No, I was praying with Patty, wasn't I? That's right. And uh, the Lord had, and the Lord had um, said he's turning the tide. And so immediately when I hear something, I know it's from the Lord. I try to find it in scripture. And um, I, I didn't um, at that time, but I looked on um, the message and it's Psalm 118. If you start at verse five and I don't have that in front of me, I don't know if anybody else does or not, but, but it, it, it goes down there. It talks about uh, dealing with the enemy and that God is turning the tide. He's turning the tide. So things then started happening after that. I just was believing God for the, the, the tide to turn, not only in, in things with my personal walk, but things with the church, things with everybody. Remember I said, well, I said it on a Wednesday night that that was for, that was for everybody. That was for everybody. The tide is turning whatever situation you're believing for. So some of those things have happened. Some of those things have changed for people and some are still coming. I'm still going to change. Amen. Amen. So it's really important that we pray prophetic prayers. We pray those prayers that God gives us the words that he gives us, the words that he instructs us to pray. We need to speak them out. We need to pray them out because then the angels move on those things. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't want to take all Patty's time and Patty, Patty's sharing today on the Holy Spirit. And so um, I just want to make sure uh, if you would pass those, those out, if you need to help. Um, hmm? Oh, he sorted them. Okay, great. All right. I just want to, as they're passing out the next thing, if you don't have the first two, this is the third lesson. The first two, one was on repentance and salvation. And then the, the second one was on new birth that Jerry did, was on new birth. And this one is on the Holy Spirit. If you don't have any of those or one or the other or whatever, just raise your hand and they'll get you what you need. Okay. Uh, if, is there anybody here that doesn't have the last two Sundays? The last two Sundays? Raise your hand if you don't have. Okay, everybody's got. If you need a binder, raise your hand. Because I put together a bunch of new binders. Everybody got their binders? If you don't, that's that's not a problem. Um, also, oh yeah, kids can go quietly. <laughs> also, um, the table of contents. Uh, do we have a we have a new one of those? The table of contents should be. Francis, are you the one that has those table of contents? If you had one that you got right away, throw it away. That was Richard's notes. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> and that was uh, so. Get a, a new table of content, please. It's just the topics, basically. Okay. Everybody got the new one? Do you have a new table of content? No. Yeah, okay. She's she's coming around the bend. <laughs> Don't go too too either. Don't do that. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I knew there was something else going on in Kentucky. I didn't know exactly where. So they rented Rupp, was a Rupp, 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 Rupp Arena. Rupp Arena. And um, they asked a bunch of people from 
Asbury are coming down there. Uh -huh. They invited a delegation from every church and college around America to come there. Uh -huh. And they're going to teach them, disciple them, and anoint them to take it back to their region. All right. All right. So Praise the Lord. It's a big, it's a big event. Yeah. Super. 24,000 it will hold. Is that what you, Oh, wow. That's great. Super. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, I know there was a number of colleges, ORU and uh, Rama and uh, Victory Church down. I know about the Tulsa ones. But <laughs> anyway, they were all doing uh, long periods of praise and worship. I don't know. I think they, Victory was stopping last Wednesday, I believe. I don't know about ORU if they're still going or not, but but a lot of people are doing what we've been doing since the first year. <laughs> praise the Lord. That's why we moved into the uh, praise and worship on Wednesday nights and praying in the spirit. And it's going to it's gonna take that and it's going to take the church being in one accord. Uh, we moved into that this morning. I didn't have us demonstrate that physically, but we're in more, more in one accord. That's what's, it's really important that we are in one accord when these things are going on. Amen? Amen. One heart, one heartbeat. One heartbeat. And of course, of course, there's all kinds of things that get dealt with when the presence of the Lord is in, in, the, in the place. I just want to read real quick, and then I'm not going to take any more of Patty's time. Sorry, Patty. <laughs> anyway, um, something else that the Lord gave me last um, Wednesday night, and this was in Jeremiah, and you all know this one. You all know this was Jeremiah 29. Probably somebody can quote that without me even looking it up. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you. And, and I think this is mostly speaking, if, if there seems to be confusion right now with things going on because our country is still dealing with some stuff. But for, I, I, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Well, we know the Lord has plans for us, but the plans are for welfare, not for calamity, not for what's going on Amen. in, in, in our government and our nation, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Amen. And I think that's, that's important that we keep that before us, but it's not for calamity. God's given us plans for a future and a hope. And that's where that's why I said we need to be in faith with what's going on here. Doesn't make any difference. I mean, I mean, I'm praise God for what's going on everywhere. But we're we need to be in faith with what God's called us to do here. Amen, amen. And so we have a we have a a, a, a big job to do as well. And so, you know, it's like I told you, I I, I don't know anything more to do except to just keep doing what we know to do. Yes, yes. Yeah, we're 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 a little ways off from a big revival. We're not quite there yet, but but um we're we're waking up, I believe what the Lord told me is he's waking up the church because the church hasn't been paying attention to what God is doing, what God wants to do. You know, he's been telling us what to do. Like I told you we started this the first of the year, he's been telling the churches what to do, but he's wanting the churches to get on his agenda, not on their agenda. That's what he's told me. He wants us on his agenda, not on what we think we should be doing, not on our agenda. We want, we want to be on his agenda. Amen? Amen? And so that's, that's, um, that's really important that we find out what God wants us doing, each one individually and all of us corporately. Amen? working together to accomplish that. All right, now, Patty's going to come and share on the Holy Spirit. And um, I, I haven't said anything about the worksheets on the back of the ones that you've already gotten. These are for you to look through and see if you can answer these worksheets uh, on the back. Um, and um, if, if at the end, I mean, the Lord's already told me what we're doing at the very end. So, um if there's questions or if you have a question, circle it so you can ask it. I will try my best. <laughs> but anyway, um, so on any of those worksheets that you're doing, it's important that, you know, like I've told everybody before, these are discipleship classes. These are for us, but they're also for us 
to help others become discipled, to answer their questions when we start dealing with people. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Why do we need to, salvation? Why, 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 and why? You know, so anyway, Patty, would you like to come and share on the Holy Spirit, please? Are you okay with this? Would you like me? Okay. Good morning. Okay, now this on when you're ready. I want to pray first if it's okay to have you help me with this. Hey, Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for you and Jesus and Holy Spirit. We need you all. And we thank you for here today, all the beauty you have in your in our hearts because you're here with us and all you want to teach and I and me too to be taught. And so I just thank you that you're here. I step out and let you do the teaching because you're the great teacher, Holy Spirit. You're here with us, and we need you to be our comforter, our guide, our friend, and our teacher. And you tell them who you are. Tell me who you are. And thank you for all you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, thanks. Um, I guess we just start with the outline that Richard put together for us, and then I'll just flow into the things that the Lord elaborated to me when I was studying it. Um, the first page is baptized in the Holy Spirit. The summary Richard put there was that the infilling of Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of Christ's sacrifice. So when we experience the baptism of Holy Spirit, God's power resides within us so that he can establish fellowship and partnership with his people. So when you receive Jesus as Lord, that's not the fullness. I mean, that's definitely going to get you to heaven. And that's, and that's amazing in itself, just that Jesus would give his life and sacrifice for us to have salvation, for us to know him, that's not all, though. That's not the only reason he did it. It's amazing. But he also did it so we could have Holy Spirit. If we're filled with Holy Spirit, we can be baptized, not just the water baptism that acknowledges from the outward that, hey, we belong to Jesus, and we want our life to belong to him. Our old is gone, and behold, all things have been made new because we want to be new in Christ. But then there's another baptism, and that's a baptism when you receive Holy Spirit, and that's actually Jesus's job. The Bible says Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And so when we receive the baptism of Holy Spirit, one of the manifestations of that um, he talks about with Matthew chapter 3 is that he'll baptize us, that's Jesus, with Holy Spirit and with fire. And um, in John chapter 7, he wrote that out of his heart, or our hearts would flow rivers of living water. Um, that's just through our prayer language and um, he wants to flow through us. The Holy Spirit wants to continue the work Jesus started through all of us, which is really amazing. And in Acts chapter 2, he says that he'll pour out his spirit on all f- upon flesh. And that's Jesus. He's going to do that. He pours out his spirit. So um, by having Jesus, um, of course, he's in heaven with Father, and Holy Spirit is here with us. And that had to happen because Jesus can't be physically in every place at all times, but Holy Spirit can. And Holy Spirit wants to be. He actually wants to reside through Jesus, um, what Jesus did in us receiving Jesus. He can reside in, literally, he could reside in every human being on the earth, all over the earth, and just his presence could be everywhere. And every one of us could be living out this amazing purpose and plan that Jesus, Father actually, actually designed for every person. We don't have to miss our destiny. Um, in tongues, that's the next part. Summary, tongues is the outward evidence and manifestation of baptism in Holy Spirit. The scriptures creates an obvious pattern with tongues accompanying baptism in the Spirit. It acts as evidences and provides the believer with a supernatural way to pray and draw close to God beyond our understanding. Um, as you know, there's places in the Bible that talk about when you pray in tongues, you actually build yourself up in, your, in faith. So if you're afraid or you're frustrated, you don't know what to do, um, like a situation's coming at you, and you don't, how do I move forward? Yeah, you can use your mind on it and deal with it. You can call everybody on the phone, or you can um, try to just figure it out in your head, but you'll, you'll just wear yourself out. It's so stressful to try to figure out some of these situations. And they don't mean that God doesn't love you. It's not coming from God. It's just sin. It's what's going on in the world. It's life. Um, but God wants to help us, and that's why Holy Spirit's here to counsel us. So when you pray in the Spirit, what you're doing is you're going from your head, and you're dropping into your spirit, and you're saying, no, I'm not going to go here because Satan wants me here so he can get me to say crazy stuff or do crazy stuff or get in a bigger predicament or bigger problem. 
or got, get into fights. Um, oh, gosh, I can tell you. But anyway, if you drop from here to here, and you do that by praying in the Spirit, you just start praying in the Spirit and listening. Tune in, tune in. What do I do about this situation? Because God has an answer. He, he's our dad. I mean, that's the amazing part of it. We have a dad who's the God of the universe who moves everything. Everything is here because of him, and we're here because of him. So we can actually drop into the Spirit and just rest and listen and hear what we're supposed to do. And so that's kind of what the tongue part, why that's one of the most important things um, that Holy Spirit helps us to do. Um, key verses that Richard gave us um, from the Bible, of course, there's Acts chapter 2. They were all filled with Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as Spirit gave them utterance. In Acts chapter 10, the gift of Holy Spirit is, uh, was poured out even on the Gentiles, us, for they were having them speak in tongues and exalting God. See, we don't even know what we're saying, <laughs> but, we, but we will be allowed to know what we need to know from what we're praying out. But we could be praising God. Uh, we could be um, speaking out all kinds of things. We don't, we don't know, but that's the cool thing is we don't have to know until he tells us what he wants us to know. And it takes the pressure off of us needing to figure out how to solve problems or how to become who we're supposed to be. We don't even know who we're supposed to be. I mean, as you walk it out, you're like, wow, I'm supposed to be that? I, this is, I, you want me to do this? You want me to go there? I mean, that's really, you should be excited because Holy Spirit wants to do uh, Father's will for us. It's really amazing. Um, and then Acts chapter 19, Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. So speaking out into the earth what God wants done. And when we speak out into the earth God's words, the Bible says in Psalm 103 that the the angels are uh, commissioned out when they hear the word because they know God's words. They know him. They've been in his throne room. They've been sitting around him, listening to him and listening to him since well before us. And so when they hear us say something like, no weapon formed against me can prosper. Every tongue that rises against me is condemned. That's the heritage of the servants, the most high God, and my right standings of him. Like if something comes at you or somebody says something, don't get into it. Just stop. Step away. And the angels that says, the Bible says, they're commissioned to go out and perform his word. It's amazing. Okay, so the gifts of the Spirit, the next part, summary of this, is that the gifts of the Spirit are the supernatural empowerment of the believer. That's empowering us to act as a witness for Christ. The nine gifts of the Spirit equip the believer as the Spirit wills. With supernatural knowledge, supernatural speech, miraculous power. These gifts are evidence that God is the Holy Spirit's inside of us. Um, that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It refers to the gifts Holy Spirit can operate in us whenever Holy Spirit is moved to. It's not something we measure, we dredge up ourselves. Um, for instance, I went to a church once in California in um, Los Alamitos. It was Cottonwood Church. And um, the pastor there was telling us about how, you know, they pray in tongues too. And how one day, one of the guys came forward and told the pastor, like, weeks later what happened. But he was in the congregation, and um, they were singing. And this guy was, like, feeling the Holy Spirit prompting of, just pray, sing in the Spirit. You know how we can sing in English, or we can just let our tongues be the, the singing. So he just started singing in the Spirit. Pretty loud. He just felt like, he just started elevating, I guess. But anyway... After the church service over, this woman comes up to him and says, how did you know, how do you know Hebrew? Or how did you know um, all that stuff, you know? She was standing right behind him. And what he was doing was, he didn't know. He just let Holy Spirit work. That woman was Jewish, and she was living in Southern California, and she was just really burdened by, am I following you? You know, she's an older person. She wanted to make sure, am I going to heaven, you know? Who are, you know, God, am I following you? Is, she's been maybe seeing stuff. I don't remember the details, but uh, is Jesus Messiah? Is he the one we've been waiting for, you know? They've been waiting for the Messiah to come. And so she felt led to go to that church. And that day he was praying out loud in the spirit and speaking to her, answering her questions in Hebrew, her language, her home, her home language, you know, her main language. And he was answering questions that she had been asking. And she, I mean, how else would that have happened? Where questions she had been building up and 
fear that she had just at home. And he started answering them. And so she came to know the Lord after that. But those are the kind of, that's just one of the gifts, praying in the Spirit. We pray in the Spirit to build ourselves up. But we could be praying in the Spirit out loud somewhere if the Lord wants us to, if you listen and obey and do something amazing like that. But so there's, those are the gifts of Holy Spirit that he, he operates. Um, let's see, key verses. Did I do this Sorry. Tell me if I did. Raise your hand if, if I'm on the wrong track. But um, Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when Holy Spirit comes on you, and you shall be my witnesses, which is what that kind of example was. Acts 8, Philip went down to the city of Samaria, proclaimed to them Christ, Jesus, and the crowds with one accord paid attention to what, he was, what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. Uh, and that's 1 Corinthians 12 again. That's where those spiritual gifts are. But um, just Holy Spirit's in charge of those. Key point, um, the infilling of Holy Spirit brings Christ's leadership to new believers. So he's the spirit of truth sent to teach and guide us into all truth. And Christ did not leave us orphans without direction. Um, Holy Spirit's baptism is accompanied with evidence, evidence of tongues, giftings, empowerment to be a witness for Christ. And we duplicate his ministry by the Holy Spirit. It's possible for an individual to have faith in Christ and yet be taught out of receiving the fullness of baptism of spirit. Um, sometimes, you know, if a person believes, well, I'm born again, well, you know, that's good. That maybe they're a little freaked out by tongues or something like that. But um, I can just say from my own personal experience that when I got saved, um, it made me hungry to know Lord more. So I was reading the Bible at night after work. And I remember reading the part in the Bible. Um, this was in First Corinthians 2. It's where Paul said, I'm more thankful that I pray in tongues more than you all. And I remember reading that going, praying in tongues. What, uh, I got saved, but I don't know what that means. And why is Paul saying he's majorly excited that he does it? So I remember praying t- just on the floor. I was reading it. I remember where I was in my bedroom. And I was on the floor, and I go, well, Lord, if this is something I'm supposed to have, you know, if this is something that Paul's like crazy about, then I want it, you know? And so that was all I said. I mean, you remember God's in charge of the whole universe. All he does is go by our word. I just said something simple because I was simple, you know, I'm getting a little less simple all the time, maybe. But anyway, (laughs) um, I asked for that and I don't know how much time went by, but I was still in Indiana when I had asked God that and, I was I started hanging out with these nurses from Kenya because they were at the nursing home where I worked. I'd go in there sometimes and take care of patients, and they were there. And, oh, man, they were so kind and sweet and lovely and just had a great spirit. And um, in talking with them, they were starting to tell me about Jesus. And I said, oh, okay, now I know why you're so sweet and why you're so warm and affectionate, you know. And so they would invite me to their house, and we'd do uh, prayer meetings, and they would pray in the Spirit, and I would be there going, mm-hmm, you know, listening, and they'd talk, and I would just be kind of taking it in. And uh, so then one particular day, they said, you need to come with us to a meeting. There was a lady going to be there from Kenya that has an orphanage there. And um, she uh, was raising money, going around the world, getting money for her orphanage for kids that were you know, abandoned by parents that had HIV and die. And so she was trying to keep them all together for, you know, and be their mom. And so it was getting like a large group of kids. And so she would travel. God was really good to her. I mean, good to all of us, but that was her mission field. And she came and she looked at me and she goes, what? I can't talk. Can like her accent was cool, but I'm not going to try. But anyway, she goes, what do you want from God? It's like she was looking through me and I said, um, well, I did ask him about praying in tongues, <laughs> you know. And she goes, okay, we're going to do it right now. She goes, I see I see that on you, that desire. And she started praying over me. And she goes, okay, just open your mouth. And I was opening my mouth. And she goes, um, just let it go. I'm like, uh, I don't know what that means, let it go, you know. And I was just looking at her. And she's trying, she's going, it's right there. I, it's right there, you know. And so I couldn't, she goes, don't be disappointed. So 
I left and I'm like, well, maybe I'm not supposed to have that. I don't know what that's all about. But I, um, and then she was speaking at another event. Um, and I went to that and I came forward and I got my prayer language then. And I'm like, oh, that was it. I, that was really smooth. It was really nice. And so, so now, you know, I have that ability to pray in tongues. And so I'm baptized with Holy Spirit because um, of that. But it was mostly a heart's desire. Let's just put it that way. That a lot of things are happening are coming from a heart's desire. I want to know the Lord better. I want to know if you're real. Those are kind of questions like the woman that was Jewish. I want to have your prayer language. It was just, it comes from a place of a heart, a desire. Um, this is nothing new, having Holy Spirit guide and direct people. Old, Old Testament, New Testament. Um, Jesus is the same. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the Bible. If you look in Exodus, Exodus chapter 31, um, chap, verse 1, the Bible says, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with Holy Spirit in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting um, in wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. I think this is a really great example of, I'm sure, Bez, uh, Bezalel. Sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong, Bezalel. But um, I'm sure he was, like, not going around going, I really want to work with wood and jewels. And, you know, I'm thinking that what happened was when Holy Spirit came upon him, now he's operating in the will of Father God of his life, like his destiny. Here's his destiny now. He's designing. He's like the major artisan for building the tabernacle back in Exodus. So um, Holy Spirit is the key, though, to find out who, who we are. What's our destiny? What are we designed to do? And he will help us, lead us into lo- learning how to do all the things we're supposed to be doing. Second um, Chronicles 16.9, I love this verse because it says... Um, for the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth so that he may support those whose heart is completely his, who's completely desiring to obey him, serve him, and love him. Um, The word support, I looked it up, and it means to grow firm, to grow strong, to support. Um, Basically, we have Father, we have Jesus, and we have Holy Spirit. Father has the will for your life. Jesus is the portal of entry to be able to have a relationship with them, to be in relationship, to be part of the family of God for the sacrifice he did. And Holy Spirit leads us to do the will of God, to know what that is, to know who we are, what we're designed to do, where we're supposed to live, who we're supposed to marry, if anybody, um, what we're designed to do, I mean, everything. But he's not in a hurry. (laughs) God's really not in a hurry. I mean, he likes you. He likes spending time with you. He likes that you want to spend time with him. King David is a really good example. He wanted to sing to him, spend time with him. He really understood the priestly and the kingly. And we are are designed to walk in a priestly and a kingly environment where we priestly is to worship, priestly is to... Pray to him, to spend time in his presence. Um, kingly is to be about whatever he's got for us to do. doesn't mean it has to be pastoring or a worship leader or any of that. It could be something in the marketplace or in government, um, in the military. That's the thing that is my biggest prayer right now for all these kids that are getting revived and some that are getting saved right now. I don't want them to be confused about what it means to follow the Lord. I mean... Bazalel, his job was he wasn't he was de, he was designing and building woodwork and he was doing artistry. I mean, the key is he want, God wants to use us to bring other people to Him. So it doesn't mean it's going to happen in the church. It might happen, you know, anywhere. So God has a plan for us. Um, what a, another cool thing about Holy Spirit is He gives us fruit. The fruit that's so powerful in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. We need to be able to operate in a place all the time of his peace, his joy, kindness, gentleness. I mean, those are powers, if you think about it, because how powerful is it when someone is really mean to you that you can be kind? 
or gentle. <laughs> that doesn't come from us. I mean, that comes from Holy Spirit to be able to walk in love with somebody who's, I mean, I think about like that unbroken. Remember that guy that was in the, the prisoner of war camp in Japan during World War II and how it was cruel that what those, what those guys, those prisoner of guard, those guards were, how they were treating him. And yet, once he got saved, he came back. He went to a revival, a tent revival on Billy Graham's um, in California. It was actually the first crusade Billy Graham was ever involved in in the 50s. And this man came forward, and he got saved. And after that, I mean, before that, he was going to go back to Japan and kill this guy. He was ready to shoot him. He wanted to just kill him. He thought that would somehow relieve how he was feeling. But that's because of the angst he had. He, had, he, he needed to be free of what he'd been through. I mean, and so when he got saved, now the role changes to where he's like, I want to go back there and share the gospel. I want to save those guards. I want to help. And he did. He got a chance to do it. He got a chance to go back there. In fact, he went around on some of the crusades with Billy Graham after that too. So, I mean, did he think he was going to be that? I mean, no, he didn't know what God's plan was for his life. And he ended up even making a, a movie out of his life. You don't really know until you follow the Lord. What? What am I designed to do? Who am I? You know, so it's exciting. So so those fruit of the Spirit are good to know. Self-control, gentleness, goodness, patience, peace. The patience one, I think, is really important in my life because I want to hear when to move, how to move. That's where patience is so important. You know, you don't need to jump in. you got to know also what to do but when to do it. And patience is powerful because you don't always got to, don't always got to, you don't, need to jump right away sometimes he's telling you something and then you have to wait until he says move so that's kind of powerful too of course holy spirit's behind that too just don't get caught up in your circumstances stay in the fruit to hear and follow god's job is to let you know when and how um one example in my own life and maybe i told you guys this but um my job was a job where i was getting paid by, by the patient it was called fee basis. That means any patient would come in, I'd get a, a certain amount of money for every patient I saw at first. And my supervisor was adamant about me becoming employed, and I'm like, I don't care if I'm employed. This is great. I'm happy. But they were so adamant about it. And so eventually I got, a, you know, we came into a position where I was in this, uh, like an employee. Um, and then just all kinds of other things, a series of events started happening where another doctor was like, well, I have a setup like this. You should get this set up. And I'm like, okay, um, how do I do that, Lord? And again, I waited. I asked him, who do I talk to about that? Because I could talk to a, several people. And he told me to wait. And then I did. I laid it down, which is really important. The enemy's always looking to see which of these issues in her life will she not lay down and I can get her. So I can get her to start speaking what I want so I can manifest what I want to do in the world. I'm like, I don't want him to have any part of my life. So this one I laid down, and one day he said, call this person. So I did. And when I called that person, um, I said, who should I talk to about that, this, this other kind of tour? We call it a tour, like how many hours you work a week. And um, she said, hey, someone new just started, and I think you should ask him. And the minute I heard her type me that, I went, that's you. That's what you would say. That's, this is something you would do. So I asked him, and he was so excited. This was his first job. Um, he just started, and he goes, oh, I'd love to be, help you figure this out. He took months, but that's exactly, that's okay, because he was going to bring it to a committee, and they were going to vote on it. This was okay, and he was so excited. He, he would text me every once in a while and say, oh, man, you're doing all this stuff, and you're doing this. This is, oh, this is going to be great. And so when he was able to go to committee, he did it, and he brought it back to me, and he goes, it's all taken care of. Well, then three months later, COVID hit, and I look back, and I go, oh, God, that's amazing, because um, some people kept coming in, mostly my 90-year-old World War II patients were coming in the whole time going, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm, you know, I don't even want to wear this mask, and I said, I'm so, you guys are awesome, <laughs> but anyway, if I would have been per patient, um, I don't know, there have been months where it have been like, well, maybe this month I'll have a couple patients come in because a lot of people were hiding, you know, because of what was going on. So I was an employee. So God worked that out for me. And I had no idea why he was doing that, but I just followed him. And that was Holy Spirit. 
So um, the other thing I just want to tell you is that in Matthew 13, there's a hidden treasure, a costly pearl. And I think that's Jesus. I think that's Holy Spirit that's just learning how to lay your life down, pick him up and follow him. Um, it's like a hidden treasure. It really is. And I don't, I mean, a person can't tell you um, how great it is to follow God. You're just going to have to start doing it yourself and find out for yourself. And when you get enough experiences under your belt, you're going to say, this is, there is no other way to go. Um, I heard a man speak not too long ago. And he is, um, he was a Nigerian missionary. And in Nigeria, it was, it's kind of an Islamic strong area. And so he was around a lot of that kind of atmosphere, a lot of um, demonic, um, uh, I don't know how to explain it, I guess, but he knew how to kind of stand against the strongholds in that environment to help his do his mission work. Well, he came home after his mission work was done. He and his family came home. And um, at some point in the timeline of his life, he, he's back home, and 9-11 happens. And after the towers go down, crazy. I mean, people are running to church in the, in the New York area um, trying to figure everything out, you know. Where's my family? Everything, you know. Crazy stuff was going on. Well, anyway, so across the bottom, he's, he's telling us, across the bottom of the screen, and I don't remember this, but that's only because it wouldn't have been I wasn't even saved when this happened in 2001, right? So anyway, across the bottom of the screen, it was saying, if anybody has any information or could help us figure these kind of things out in so many words, I don't know what it was saying, but please call us, you know? And this man had been in the environment for years of radical Islamists, you know? So he's praying to the Lord. He knows the Lord. He's saved, of course. So he's asking the Lord, what do I do, you know? He's like, I could call, but FBI is going to think I'm nuts because that's what it was saying. If you have, call the FBI, you know, to help us. He goes, I do have knowledge about this. Um, what do you want me to do? And um, so he's praying. And the Lord says to him, uh, wait, I'll have him call you. And they did. The FBI called him because George W. Bush was the president at that time. And he was... Um, trying to figure out, he wanted to form an alliance of people that could help him. And of course, he was kind of going to the church because George W. is saved. He's born again, president we had. So he called him and briefed him and talked to him about um, uh, what he knew. And so what ended up happening from this, this is what I mean by God. I mean, God will make a way when there's no way. God will open doors when there's no door. This man was a missionary. That's it. So President Bush says, I need you on my team. And so he does what's called a presidential executive order and makes a position for this man out of thin air because he needs people that can help him figure out how to fight, you know, help our country. I mean, and not that he was going to fight, but fight against this evil. So the FBI leader, director of FBI, director of CIA, and the attorney general of our country have to sign that along with the president to let him have a position they all did because of course they were all going what do we do you know and so one of the first things that this man does is he puts together a brief because president bush keeps coming on the announcing um islam is a friendly um, nation and this man's spirit is getting all crazy when he hears him say that because he's like no they're not. They are radical, and they want to defy, and they want to get rid of all infidels. And they consider anyone who's not following Allah to be an infidel. So he puts together a brief to get to the president, and he's dis de describing to us that getting a brief on the desk of the president is kind of impossible. But this brief ends up on his desk, and then that very night, he changes, and he no, he no longer talks about Islam is friendly. And from there, there's a series of things that this man is allowed to do to help. Um, it's amazing how this man, um, let me make sure I'm following my notes. But I, I was so fascinated by this story because one of his biggest things was, please, make passion for God be your main assignment. 
Don't let it be about your gift, the giftings or empowering or any of that. Let it be pursuing the Lord as your main passion because when God starts moving you, giving you influence and opportunities and putting you in front of kings and presidents, which this man was, I mean, this man was put in front of presidents. There were times when, um, like, one of the FBI leaders would meet with him, and he knew the Lord too, and, and they would talk about an issue across this man's desk. And before it was over, he'd say, okay, we talked about that. Now I'm, I want to know, what's the Lord been telling you? about me. So they were pursuing him because he was given influence and he would tell him, yeah, he has been, he's been saying he wants this. He wants to give you another anointing and he'd fall out. He fell out in the spirit. (laughs) Just like you guys, I want you to be encouraged because I don't know what you watch on TV. I don't, but, um, there are people positioned in our country and there are people positioned in our military and there's people positioned in our FBI and CIA that know Jesus and they are listening, and they're following him because they know I can't do this without the Lord. So don't think that we do not have people of influence in our family everywhere. We do. I mean, this man was able to fly to North Korea against the missile crisis, and he's like, I'm a missionary. (laughs) But he knew what to do. Praying in the spirit, he'd listen for guidance and wisdom, and God would give it to him, and leaders wanted to meet with him. And this man was allowed to go to other nations that were presidents that knew the Lord. There are presidents in other nations who know the Lord. Leaders know the Lord. Some do. You know, they don't want to talk about that because they want you to be encouraged, but please be encouraged. And this man was able to fly. He was flown to one person, to one president. He can't talk about a lot of details and that he shouldn't. I don't talk a lot, a lot of details when the my patients talk to me because I don't, a lot of what they've been through, nobody needs to know um, the amazing things that our people have done, because they have. Um, anyway, so he was flown to this president's presence because he said, I've got a couple words for you. And he goes, come. He flew him there, told him, five things you need to do to secure your country. And the Lord told me, it's like Joseph. You need to do these things. And he, so he did them. And he was protected because they were trying to kill this president. And it's just amazing. I can't even duplicate all the things he was talking about. I was on the edge of my seat, though, ta- listening to him talk. But anyway, one cool thing, this is why I'm going to bring it back, is because what he said about the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues. He said it's very powerful. And he's a, he, for 21 years, he was worked for our government like this, kind of behind the scenes to help the FBI and our president. He worked under four presidents, and those four presidents sometimes listened, sometimes they didn't, but he didn't get taken out because God wanted him there. That's why. So anyway, um, he said it's very important to pray in the spirit. That is your out, that's your access to your will, to Father's will for you. That's your access. And he said, praying in the spirit. Um, how did he describe it? It was kind of amazing. He said, you can either shoot with a shotgun or you can shoot with a sniper's rifle. <laughs> and he said, if you shoot with a shotgun, you're going to make a lot of noise. You're going to do a lot of damage, and you may not even hit your target. But if you shoot with a sniper's rifle, and that's praying in spirit, he said, you're going to hit your spot every time, and you're going to be successful. Um, and I know that's kind of true because one of my patients is, was a Vietnam veteran, and he was a sniper. And uh, he told me when he came back, he's like, I never thought about this. And maybe I've told you this story before, but I never thought about this. But what do they do when they come back? You know, you guys, some of you guys know. You're trained to do all this work. You're trained. He was trained to kill. He was, he was trained to, to hone in on each person and shoot. That was his job. And he said, when I got back, I'm like, who, who am I now? What am I supposed to do? You know, people were like 20 years old, and he's looking at them and looking at himself going, that doesn't even compute for a life for me now. I mean, this is who I am. So he got a job in security to start, and then he ended up going to Drake University and got a, a, a degree in accounting. So you guys are, I love my guys. They're awesome. They're awesome. All you guys are that have been in the military, you just don't give up. But anyway, so he said he went to go get that interview for that job. And one of the parts of the job was to put a target up and shoot a few rounds at the target to see how you do. And so he did. He shot several rounds. And then they brought it up and looked at it and they said, ah, I don't think that's going to work out. There's only one hole, you know. Uh, 
but they saw the other part on the other side. Everything was on the other side on the ground, and he went right through that hole. And so they said, okay, you got the job. <laughs> he didn't miss. So I just kind of think it's kind of, that's kind of what it's like to pray in the Spirit is you're, you're shooting and you have a, a purpose, a mission. You're shooting and you're going to hit the mark every time. So that's kind of, I guess, all I wanted to say about that, except for I just don't want you to lose the emphasis that loving the Lord is priority. Uh, falling in love with him, pursuing passion, not your gift, not your destiny, not your calling. Pursue passion for the Lord. Pursue spending time with him, flow with him. You know, the fact that I was pursuing the Lord and, and loving on him, he was loving on me back by trying to get me a job as an employee instead of fee basis. He was working all of that behind the scenes for me, and all I was doing was loving on him and spending time with him and letting him lead me. Someone comes in the office Tell them about me. You know, if I'm pursuing the Lord, I'm hearing him. If I'm not pursuing the Lord and I'm pursuing my own stuff, then I'm, it's going to be harder for me to hear. And I don't, I, he's always good. And he always takes care of us and provides for us and gets us out of messes. Um, I guess I encourage you to spend time reading Psalm 91. Get it inside of you because the 14th chat, uh, verse on down in Psalm 91 says that, um, if you're, I've set my love on you. That's how it, cause he, you're under the shadow of his wing. You're riding under his wing. It talks about in Psalm 91, but it says when you set your love on him, he'll get you out of trouble. He'll honor you. He'll deliver you. You know, he'll, he, it's just, don't pursue the stuff with him, pursue him. And the stuff comes after. It says that in Matthew 6, seek my kingdom and my righteousness. All the rest will add to you. Um, he's our dad. We're his kids. That's really what I wanted to say. These are things he wants us to use to help us to be successful here. He wants us to succeed. It brings him glory. It also blesses us. He likes to bless us. Um, and he wants to use us to help others find him. But let your pre- that's what even what this man said. Pursue him with passion. Because when you know him and love on him, he'll work everything out. I mean, this man even had the opportunity. Another thing that came across his desk, I'll tell you this really quick, was a sex trafficking thing. And he looks at that and he goes, oh, no, I can't read that. Um, That can't be something I'm supposed to do. Because he's told us his main focus was weapons of mass destruction. He was trying to keep... He put it like this, keep the big, bad weapons out of the hands of the big, bad guys. That was his main thing. So that was what he was getting across his desk to write briefs on to help. But this one about sex trafficking came across his desk, and he went, no, that's, that can't be something I'm supposed to do because that's not part of it. And the Holy Spirit said, yes, it is what I want you to do because you're listening to me. That's the bottom line. You want to move? Listen to him. And you want to do things? Just keep listening to him. Keep spending time with him. So how this played out was um, there was um, a strategy going on where planes were going into international territory. And because they were an international air, uh, what's the word, airspace, there was no defined laws that they had to follow. So they do, they abduct no children in here, right? Okay. They would abduct kids, put them on the planes. People would be on there. There was all kinds of stuff. The planes were designed for uh, the stuff they do and also designed for the bloodletting. I mean, all the creepy stuff that the enemy likes to do um, in the enemy territory. Well, anyway, there was a woman that was on there doing things to help facilitate. That was her job, but it was bothering her. So she contacted our government. That's how this brief came across his desk because she had been keeping track of it by laptop, all this stuff that was happening. And um, so she got, she wanted to get it to this man. And this man said, uh, yeah, the Lord's putting it on his heart. Yeah, go after this because I'm giving it to you. Uh, the Lord was saying that. And so she, she met with him. Another man met with him. And he said, I need that laptop. 
we need that evidence. It turned out it was like a Canadian fashion designer that had these planes and was doing this stuff. And there was networks all over the world about this. And God wants to shut it down. And he's looking for people that are going to be part of his, you know, part of the solution. And so when this man met with his people against this other guy with his people, and he said, I need that laptop, the man said, well, yeah, but it's going to cost you several million. Your government needs to pay me. And he said he got so righteously angry. He said, no, we're not going to pay you. You're going to give us that laptop, and you're going to consider yourself doing a service to, be, to give this to us. You know? And eventually he didn't do it. He, he left, but eventually God brought it back around, and they got the laptop, and they got the planes, and they tore them apart, and those people went to jail. And um, later he found out that those planes were designed and made in Nigeria. And so that whole spirit from the place where he had been a missionary was part of that, and that's why God wanted him also involved because he was praying against it. He knew how to pray against that stronghold. So we don't know why God does what he does, but we do know if we follow him, it's going to be good, and we're going to be part of the solution, and we're going to be blessed Um, I don't know how else to tell you how great this is, except please just keep praying in the Spirit, keep pursuing Him with passion, and I believe that's all I wanted to say. And there's, there are some things on the bottom that Richard has some, you know, to study that you can um, complete your homework. Yeah, and that's. That's all I have, but please feel free to go through that homework and and finish it. But I guess that's it. I'm going to pray. If that's okay. Hey, Father, thank you for helping me learn all this and teach all this. And I pray for everyone here to remember what you said and remember not what I said, but hopefully just to hear what you're doing and pursue you with passion and find your destiny for them. And, and I do pray, and I ask you guys to pray with me, that the, that the people um, that are getting saved know we're not just to be in the church. I mean, yeah, we go there to fellowship, but help them find their destiny if it's in, the, if it's in business, if it's in, because um, you need to be everywhere. If it's in the military, FBI, if it's in the uh, government, please help them to get help them to get a heart for it and not to reject it, thinking that can't be of God. I must be having to do something, you know, like a minister or something. I just want to make sure, Father, we just ask you to help them to hear what they're truly designed to do and follow it, so they can be uh, used by you powerfully where you have them. In Jesus' name, and thank you for today. Thank you for this family here, and I just pray your continued blessings and your help and guidance in Jesus' name. Amen.